With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Live from San Diego and Brooklyn, New York, you're listening to the Soli. Tonight's guest from TheActionNetwork.com, Matt Friedman. Later, the boys talk Ravens, John borrows a sketch, and Devin gets a tattoo. Featuring Devin McIntyre and the Solis Report Band, and your host, John Solis. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Yes, okay, okay. Thanks, guys. Um, Dev, I don't know if you were paying attention, but uh, last Thursday night was Halloween. Did you hear that? Uh, Halloween, one of my favorite holidays. Uh, uh, what'd you do? Did you do anything fun? Oh, last Thursday night. Uh, oh, no, it, it was uh, it was pretty rainy and windy, uh, I remember. Uh, I stayed home and I watched The Invasion of the Body Catchers. Oh, yeah, the uh, classic sci-fi horror movie, um, uh, always a good choice. Uh, but isn't it a, a – did you say body catchers? I'm pretty sure it's invasion of the body snatchers, the uh, body snatchers. Oh, sorry. No, I was watching the Thursday night football game. Uh, Andy Isabella broke out with his first NFL touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dev, I know nobody cares about my fantasy teams, uh, but I gotta share this. I'm so excited to have just drafted Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I wouldn't be too excited about that. Uh, what what kind of league also is drafting in Week 10? Is this one of those free midseason leagues? Oh, uh, no, sorry. It's an XFL Devi League. <laughs> oh, that, that's good. Yeah, yeah. He'll be... Yeah, he'll be creeping up into value in the next year or two. That's the plan, man. Uh, this is a little bit on a serious note, but I think everybody's aware of this devastating power outage in California. Yep, yep. Con- confluence of a lot of factors, of course, but this is this ultimately is a management thing. I mean, one of the worst-running companies maybe in modern history. Absolutely. But Yeah, but it, it, it does look like firing Ken Wisenhunt may have done the trick. Okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. 
you know, speaking of the Chargers, the Athletic reported that the NFL is considering moving the team to London. Uh, Philip Rivers is having his minivan outfitted with a jet engine so he can still commute. <laughs> he values that family time. He's not taking a plane. He's, he's rigging up the minivan with a, with some turbo jets. All right. All right. Um, take it. He has to be able to bring the whole crew, you know. I believe that. All right. Uh, um, Dev, uh, you know I have a well-known love of uh, Patriots coach Bill Belichick, right? Yes, you're, you're a big fan. Yeah, I mean, everybody everybody who knows me knows I'm a diehard uh, Belichick man, but uh, I wanted the world to know. So uh, I took a risk and I commemorated my love for uh, for Double B. Uh, by getting a, a, a big uh, uh, a old English bee tattooed on each of my uh, butt cheeks. Bill Belichick, one on each uh, Bella cheek. You like that? That's a bit extreme. Uh, what what did your fiancé have to say about that? Maggie? Um, well, it's funny you ask, Dev. Uh, after it healed, I, I surprised her. I bent over and I showed her, and, and you know what she said? What did she say? <laughs> she said... <laughs> She said, "Who's Bob?" <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what's funny is that I actually I I have a similar story. I did the same thing, uh-huh. and uh, uh, my my wife said uh, she said that's a deal breaker, and I said why? Why? Just because I commemorated my favorite coach uh, with a tattoo on my butt cheeks, and she <laughs> she said. Know that your favorite coach is Bill O'Brien. Dev, I'm sure you're aware we get a, a ton of fan mail on this show. Uh, reach out at Solis Report, at DevonMCI on Twitter. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we have a lot of listeners in Spanish-speaking countries. I guess a Solis report kind of clued them in that this might be a Spanish-friendly show. Did you hear that, Dev? I did hear that, yes. I, I've been getting the messages. You know, um, I think we should do one for our Spanish-speaking audience. Uh, and I'm going to apologize in advance. Uh, my Espanol is, is not too good. Dev, I know yours is very good, so everybody get your hopes up. But uh, what do you say? Can we do a joke in Spanish, guys? Yeah? Yeah, Dev, you in? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Okay, let's give her a go. Uh, say, Dev, sabias que Juju Smith-Schuster... Tiene una tienda donde vende zapatos personalizados? Wow, eso es excelente. Uh, ¿Cómo se llama? Uh, se llama Juju Smith Shoe Store. <laughs> All right, I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys like that one. We've got a great show for you tonight from. FantasyLabs.com, Mr. Matt Friedman. Uh, Dev and I are going to borrow an old late-night staple, and we're going to go through the top ten. And then we're going to talk about some Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Tonight's show is brought to you by Untuck It and Manscaped, and this advertiser coming right up. You know, folks, support for the show has been overwhelming, but uh, Dev and I, we can always use some more money. Uh, Dev, could, could you use some more money? 
Could always use a few more bucks, John. Oh yeah, we're all about those bucks here at the show. Uh, so if you want to kick us some bucks, uh, reach out at Solis Report at DevonMCI. Uh, we'll give you our PayPal address. Devin just got Venmo, so uh, if that was uh, uh, stopping you before, don't let it stop you now. And I just got Cash App too. So remember, uh, send the money uh, directly to us. Nowhere else, directly to us. Wow, what an ad, folks. Uh, I hope you didn't hit the old uh, plus 30 on that one. I hope you listened to that ad. Uh, trust me, if you listen to any of our ads, uh, that's the one you should be paying the most attention to. Isn't that right, Dev? Yeah, definitely. Hit that backwards 30, please. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a minus 15. I think it's plus yeah. 30 minus 15. Oh, is it? I thought it was 15 both ways. I don't know. Maybe it depends what, what uh, you know platform you're on hey don't get this guy started on iphones dev that's one for another show buddy you and i are gonna <laughs> you and I are gonna uh, hash out the iphone situation um but but no no uh there's one game i cannot shake and you know where i'm going with this i was waiting all day for sunday night okay and, and the ravens and the patriots had a heck of a fight uh, uh the the stadium was rocking and uh, uh some other thing that rhymes I was waiting all day for Sunday night, Dev. <laughs> yeah, that was you. You should replace. I mean, I, I feel like that that singer is gonna have a long run there. Is it Carrie Underwood now? It, it, but, it's, but it's Carrie Underwood. But that is a throwback to what was actually by far the best uh, 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 Sunday night football song. It was like a it was like a, a, a southern hymn before hymn hymn before M. yeah yeah, uh, yeah. H Y M N uh, the one that went. Whoa! You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, people miss the people miss that. Whoa! Nobody liked that one. Everybody likes waiting all day for Sunday night. <laughs> but didn't they? Wasn't there some other? Anyway, you know, celebrities <laughs> they come and they go. You're next. You're you're in, you're next in line. I feel you, like you like that croony. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we got to build up support for this. We got to raise our. <laughs> We gotta raise our clout levels so that you can get in there for that job by okay. the time by the time that slot appears. I'm gonna prove you wrong, Dev, and I'm gonna get that job, and I'm gonna do a good job. I was being dead serious. I'm I'm gonna help you every step of the way. Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry for doubting you. Um, okay, well, uh, a fantastic intro aside. I'm talking about the Ravens and the Patriots, and it's no secret uh, the Ravens handed the Patriots their first loss on the broad shoulders of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, this is exciting. I mean, I I don't know, I don't know if everyone watches that that much Ravens football, mm-hmm. but for those of us that do, you know, this is this was not even anything that special. Lamar Jackson is awesome. He's been awesome. And it's depressing that we don't have we, we could not we can't have 32 Lamar Jacksons in the league because there's only one like he is the one, but we could have like, we could have thirty-one other like fifty percent Lamar Jacksons, which would be still like two hundred percent better than Ryan Tannehill, all these other guys. Like everyone complains, but the next thing you know, it's like we're gonna have these sad sack white quarterbacks who can kind of run Taysom Hill and stuff, and they're all gonna be everyone's gonna be clamoring for them, and it's like get with the program NFL. This could be every game. Every game could be exciting. How about that? I think I read somewhere that this was only um, only Lamar's second primetime game. I don't know if that's true, but um, 
I read that. And, and to be honest with you, uh, I'm a Red Zone watcher. I think most of our listeners are. Um, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched a Ravens game in full. I don't think of them as a primetime team. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, even last year they were like so run heavy, and that doesn't necessarily uh, is not necessarily conducive to to uh, getting on the red zone. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. True. Fair. Fair. Um, it, no, but it, it's it's exciting this year. I think he threw something like uh, uh, seventeen passes. Uh, did you read that? I think it was seventeen passes, and it doesn't matter. He's just out there kicking ass, uh, working out of the pistol, like. 80% of the time and nobody can do anything about it. I mean, he's so good that he that Mark Ingram is like even better than he was on the Saints. It's oh. like the it's like the RG3 effect except like Functional. multiple times more than that. Yeah, like <laughs> RG3 is, all, is is he still on the team? He might be on the team too, but uh yeah, I think no, it is true. I remember a lot of those touchdowns early in the season were to like Hollywood Brown where it was like just first play of the drive like 90 yard bomb to hollywood brown and then right. they were just running out the clock for the rest of the game so they were never on red zone because their touchdowns happened before they they <laughs> got anywhere close to the red zone so all their exciting plays like you saw the replay but you weren't watching the game that's true i, I never thought about that but you're exactly right um uh, would you if you were starting a, a franchise today would you take lamar jackson over pat mayhomes no probably not Probably not, just because if you're studying a real franchise, I think uh, you want the guy who probably has more longevity. Although I guess I guess Mahomes has the knee thing. It's kind of weird. They said like they were trying to play it off like his injury was not so severe, and they were like, "Oh, there's no ligament damage. He has really stretchy ligaments." But you're like, <laughs> "That's that makes me nervous." Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you're like, positive? "Oh, his kneecaps. This constantly happens. His kneecaps. They just pop off, pop pop back on." <laughs> He's out for four weeks, but no big deal. You're like, oh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what Mahomes does, it's like, and what Lamar Jackson does, obviously if you're running 15, maybe 20 times a game or something, that that obviously it's like a you know a balance between staying healthy. But but so far, you know, Lamar Jackson's healthy. Mahomes is the one on the, on the, uh, that, the well, no, he's not on the IR, but he's on the, you know, disabled list or whatever. The DL? The, the, you know what? <laughs> We're going to come back to that one. one, Dev. We're going to come back. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Dev, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't seen an offense so reliant on the pistol uh, since the Bruce Willis movie, The Last Boy Scout. You like that one? Not, not that much. No? <laughs> not as much as you. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> i do like a good last boy scout reference that's good yeah thank you thank you <laughs> thank you you're you're here fishing for uh, uh is it ir is it designated to return and i'm just totally in the zone waiting for my opportunity to use that uh pistol reference so that's how that yeah. happened yeah nice you, you chose you chose your spot wisely is yeah it's good <laughs> next time i start rambling about you know what the proper abbreviation for <laughs> some NFL institutional thing. Just pop in there with a timely movie reference. All right. Well, uh, at Devin's insistence, you know, I was going to do the uh, the David Letterman-style top 10, uh, but we're going to make it top 11 just for you guys. Uh, so how about tonight, uh, Dev, we talk about the top 11 signs 
that you're a fantasy football analyst. This one's going to uh, hit a little close to home for uh, <laughs> for a lot of us. Yeah, this might be too much introspection, honestly. All right. Well, you know what? We can uh, charge uh, for a 45-minute therapy session. I'm hoping this show goes around 45 minutes. So, um, all right. Uh, uh, l- l- take it from the top there, buddy. Uh, uh, top 11 signs you're a fantasy football analyst. Number 11, you can have an entire conversation in just acronyms. I don't know if that's true, but uh, then again, uh, CMC does have the highest FPO EPA among RBs with R1ADP. See, there you go. <laughs> the uh, uh, number 10 uh, sign that you're a fantasy football analyst, uh, you definitely called Lamar Jackson just before the season. I got that right. <laughs> I know you did, Devil. I you the number nine sign that you're a fantasy football analyst. You know who Mo Alley Cox is. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna ask you, who's Mo Alley Cox? Who is who, who is that? I'm serious. <laughs> He's the third tight end for the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like a sleep he's been like a sleeper he's been like a sleeper who like never even ended up playing but like every for like three years in a row he's like watch out for and then they so the, like last year he was the sleeper and then they traded for eric ebron right and then before that they drafted him and he was because he's also one of those basketball guys so they were like because he's a basketball guy and they didn't expect him to be good right away it gave him this like long runway to be a sleeper, like forever. Oh, in the vein of say a, a Ladarius Green, right? Like if he had ever failed or even gotten a chance to play, then we'd have forgotten about him. We're like, oh, he sucks. But because he like got injured, and then yeah. you, you didn't expect him to be good or play much right away anyway. He's so you still just in get the rapper. Yeah, you get the glimpses in like spring or in the summer. Uh, in, in the summer games where you're just like he makes one catch and everyone's like this could be it but he was my he was my like the guy behind the guy or whatever we called it this oh my this. god stop plugging yourself for five seconds Devin. thank you i'm i'm an analyst now thank you for the education uh the number eight sign you're a fantasy football analyst uh your partner's never lost his or her work league and you know what <laughs> That's that's true. That is a that is a true fact. You are a fantasy football analyst. Uh, let's see the number seven sign that you're a fantasy football analyst. You thought Ken Burns' documentary on the Civil War was about film guys versus analytics guys. <laughs> that's that's a little sad. You should probably you know, probably shouldn't. Know that. All right, fine. fair. fair. Uh, uh, the number six reason, the number six sign that you're a fantasy football analyst, uh, you're currently getting your ass kicked by fans in the Scott Fish Bowl. Yeah, I know I am. Yeah, uh, let's see. The number five sign you're a fantasy football analyst. You're blocked by Kean on Twitter. Kean <laughs> uh, uh, Fahey? Is that right? Kean Fahey? I think that's right. All right, uh, um, uh, this one's going to hit close to home. Uh, uh, the number four sign that you're a fantasy football analyst, uh, go on, admit it. You're wearing basketball shorts right now. <laughs> go on. Look, look down. Yeah, those are basketball shorts. Yeah, those are. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
You can play basketball in these. <laughs> the number three sign, you're a fantasy football analyst. You have a podcast. Well, you listen to this one. That's the type. I think our whole audience is like six guys who write for Rotoviz. <laughs> and they all have podcasts. They all do. <laughs> they're all true. None of these. That's true. That's true. Yeah, all kind of true. Uh, yeah. uh, the number two sign uh, that you're a fantasy football analyst, uh, you have unusually strong opinions on IPAs and whether a hot dog is a sandwich. And the number one sign that you're a fantasy football analyst. You were selected to run a Crown League franchise. Oh! 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 oh come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, oh, those guys didn't know. Yeah, they, 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 yeah they, they didn't know. They didn't know what they were getting into. Anyway. Ever see an untucked button-down shirt? They don't look great. Why is that? Well, they weren't made to be worn that way. Fashion doesn't have to be that complicated. Buy clothes that fit you, wear them the way they were designed to be worn. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length, so you can have a casual and sharp look no matter your size or shape. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Untuck It has 80 brick-and-mortar stores, so there's probably a location near you. But if you're like me, you're an online guy, you can find your favorite Untuck It style on their website. They have a whole page devoted to helping you find your perfect fit. It's a great place to check out their different styles, colors. You can choose from wrinkle-free button-downs, super sloth flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Uh, Dev, you ever hear of manscaping? Sure have, John. (laughs) That was a fast answer. Uh, uh, So manscaping refers to, um, let's say, below-the-belt grooming. And support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, and that's the the number one company in manscaping. Uh, They offer basically precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Um, I don't know if you've ever, and gosh, I'm sorry if this is this is too much, but uh, maybe you've nicked yourself. Maybe you've drawn blood. It's a traumatic experience. Nobody likes this. Uh, that's why Manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer. They call it the lawnmower, and it has a proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag uh, anywhere that you wouldn't want to, okay? Uh, manscaping accidents, they're finally a thing of the past. So, um... Separately, I mean, maybe you're a, a hygienic person and you don't like the thought of using the same trimmer uh, down below uh, that you use on your, your face and, and your head. So, uh, you know, keep it clean. Get two trimmers, uh, one for one for above, one for below uh, uh, the belt. Um, I'm also going to let you know that Manscaped has something called the Crop Preserver. 
which is uh, an anti-chafing uh, uh, male deodorant and moisturizer. Uh, you already put deodorant on your underarms. Uh, why would you neglect uh, places on your body with similar uh, sweat profiles? So uh, check out the Crop Preserver too. Uh, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's past tense, manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, we've got a real treat for you this evening. Our first and only guest uh, from Fantasy Labs, formerly of Rotoviz.com, currently of Rotoviz Podcast Network and Action Network, Mr. Matt Freeman! Wow, what a reception. Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Thanks for taking the time to come on our show. Yeah, I mean, what a great-looking audience, and uh, you guys look okay, too. <laughs> Thank you. You all look great. Thank you. Um, uh, Matt, uh, let's, let's just start. Uh, what's, what's going on in your life, man? What's, what's new with you? Uh, I mean, it's football season, so, you know, just uh, in the middle of the grind, you know. Uh, each week just seems to blend into the next week, and really the only thing that separates them is, uh, you know, the injuries and what happens on the field. But, uh, you know, it's just one day after day and just, you know, getting through it. You know, um, this this episode won't actually air until uh, March of 2020. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, Pat Mayhomes, uh, what a what a devastating blow! We At this point, the gang forgot that Pat Mayhomes is superhuman and lamented his grievous injury for some time. For your teams, um, but when I think of you and and football fandom, um, I think of the Cowboys. Is that is that still the case? Are you a Cowboys man at heart? Yeah, I mean, that that's accurate. Uh, I have loved this team uh, for, you know, 35 years and hated them for about 34. Um, so, yeah, yeah, a Cowboys fan uh, forever. You know, but uh, included with that comes a, a deep loathing of basically everything that the team has done since, uh, we'll say, like 1999. That seems probably accurate. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we're on a good 20 year run of really wishing that uh, someone else was owning the franchise. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's been about a decade since uh, Texas Monthly had Jerry Jones on the cover saying Jerry Jones is the devil. Or maybe it was a question. <laughs> maybe the question was, is Jerry Jones the devil? Either way, uh, you know, they were they were showing where they stood on it. Uh, and not much has changed in the decade since then. Um, Jason Garrett, amazingly, is still the head coach of the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, after the first three weeks of the season, the team looked like a, a potential Super Bowl contender. You know, a, a, at least a team that could go far into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, as we are recording this right now, it looks like they might not even be a playoff team. Uh, so that's just kind of what it means to be a Cowboys fan. Uh, Jason <laughs> Garrett, I, I'm not even uh, joking as I say this. He is literally the worst head coach in the league against the spread as a home favorite, uh, which is maybe the most damning thing you could say about a coach that uh, when he is at home, when he's favored, when he has the edge, uh, he underperforms expectations more than anyone else. Uh, so as a Cowboys fan, uh, I love the team, but I also almost giddily enjoy betting against them anytime <laughs> they are at home and favored. Uh, and because I give myself that emotional middle where maybe they will actually win the game, 
but the other team will cover and I will win twice. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, that's what it is to be a Cowboys fan. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, that's well, oh, sorry, go ahead, Deb. Well, you know, there's the, like, Betteridge's Law of Headlines, where in journalism, like, any headline that asks a question can always be answered no. I feel like right. that Texas Monthly is, like, the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people were super hardcore into Twitter when that was released, um, but, like, I'm sure everyone looked at that and would have just been like, yes. You know, like, that's, that's the, yes, of course. Yes, the answer is yes. Jerry Jones is the devil. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Amari Cooper has to be your favorite addition, like in twenty years, though, right? I mean, that's exciting. I'd be excited. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on how you you think about addition. So, addition in that, like someone who wasn't originally on the team. Um, yeah, uh, I thought it was. I thought they overpaid for him. But I also thought that he actually might have a chance of returning value. Um, the contract that they're going to have to give him is going to be obscene. Uh, and I always hate giving away first round picks. I thought that maybe they could have gotten him for a second or a third. But mm. um, I, I had a lot of friends, uh, you know, from Texas. Like I'm, I'm on a uh, an email thread or you know a text thread with friends from high school and college and stuff. Uh, you know, talking about the Cowboys, and so all of them were down on the Amari Cooper train. I was like, well, like he might be better than you guys think he's going to be, just because like what has happened in Oakland might not be representative. But I do think they overspent for him, which like I think that is the the right take. But yeah, in terms of someone who wasn't on the team originally. Uh, and, uh, you know, came in through a midseason trade, not even just like free signing, uh, sorry, free agent signing. I got my dog is barking. But uh, yeah, not even free agent signing uh, or a trade, uh, you know, in the off season. Yeah. Uh, pretty amazing what he's been able to do. You mentioned your your email uh, thread about the Cowboys with your friends from home. And I think we all have something kind of like that. Uh, have you found now that you're running your own fantasy website and network uh like do they give you any deference or are you still matt from the block no they don't they don't pay attention to me at all it's uh <laughs> i mean they 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 do but they they don't so you know like if i give them interesting st- statistics it's like oh yeah that's kind of cool but uh you know like so as a source of information uh maybe they pay attention to me um but as someone who has an opinion derived from the information i have they don't care <laughs> i'm just i'm just another guy <laughs> and, and that's totally fine in preparing for this interview i read um i guess you could call it a mini biography of sorts uh, it, it's on your site fantasy labs uh it kind of chronicles your path um basically from the beginning and your academic achievements and uh, all of these varied, uh, really impressive uh, aspirations you had uh, and kind of your way getting into fantasy and eventually running a site. Uh, And somewhere along the line, you decided you were going to be a lawyer or at least take the LSAT. Is that right? Yeah. So there was this period of time where I really had no idea what I was doing um basically feel like i'm i'm still kind of there but uh whatever so uh yeah uh i had no idea what i was doing uh i thought i might want to go to law school uh so i just uh almost compulsively started studying for the lsat uh and i took all of the past lsats uh like as study test 
uh, you know, like self-administered them and, you know, read through like the uh, like Princeton guide for the LSAT or whatever it is uh, and actually took the test. And then uh, after the test, it was like, okay, I'm done with that. And then never, <laughs> never, uh, never applied to, to law school. Uh, never really thought about it. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was just something to distract me from the fact that I had no idea what I was doing with my life. So let me just say, um, and by the way, uh, for our studio audience um, and listeners at home, uh, Matt's downplaying it a teeny bit. Uh, he didn't take the LSAT. He crushed the LSAT. He was the Chris Conley of the LSAT. Um <laughs> I don't mean that as an insult. That's the best combine I've I ever seen. I think that seen. actually is the perfect, the perfect comp. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. In terms of in terms of like the structure of uh, performance and then how that career has gone, I think that was the perfect comp. Yeah. So I've been um, a Friedman fan. I think the kids now say Stan. Is that right, Devin? Stan. Yeah, they say that's Stan. And that's a that's hearkening back to the old Eminem song, uh, Stan, which I think was about um, Stan Lee of Marvel fame. Is that right? And how he was a big fan of his work? I do not believe that is the uh, the proper the proper context. Uh, uh, listen, I'm. I'm pretty well connected uh, to what's cool and what's hip. I've got my finger on the pulse. Okay, I'm a real Stan Lee of um, the trends. So, uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, there's a cat on the set. <laughs> there was there was a dog early, but I was a Friedman Stan. Um, uh, be honest. Uh, uh, in those early uh, Halcyon days of yore in 2013, uh, was that weird? Did I creep you out with my fandom? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, I mean, I think what was nice about the the early days, uh, especially with Rotoviz, was that um, there were so many people who were uh, just kind of interested in what was happening, and like we had a really smart and dedicated audience. Uh, and so it didn't seem abnormal for anyone in the audience to be really obsessed with fantasy sports or anything like that, because we were super obsessed with fantasy sports or for them to kind of want to get in on the conversation, because that's really what we were like the, the way that fantasy douche phrased it was that like, we were all self-taught hacks, mm. which is like, uh, like I think very accurate, um, and like appropriately descriptive of the way that we thought of ourselves. So if someone in the audience kind of wanted to join in as a self-taught hack, that made total sense. Um, so uh, no, it, it never it never seemed weird for anyone uh, in the early days uh, to to kind of be a, not not even necessarily obsessed with us, but obsessed with anything that we were saying. Uh, how about when I wrote a column and I called it the Friedman Report? <laughs> was, that was just funny. Yeah, I, mean, was, yeah. I, I, uh, um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something uh, sincere here, and maybe it's not the best um, show talk, but I, I want you to hear it. Uh, the first thing I admired about your writing was um, when you felt like saying something, and maybe it was controversial or maybe it was uh, political in, in a format where you wouldn't expect something political. You just went ahead and you did it. Um, what was that like the first time you decided to kind of take a position about something not related to football in a football article? 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think it was in those days of people posting the way that they felt on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> so that was kind of like dragged over uh, into and informed the writing uh, that I did for fantasy. And so it, it actually didn't feel like it was anything that was out of the ordinary. Um, and uh, I, I don't think that fantasy douche particularly liked it. Um, but I think he didn't necessarily want to put up the fight all the time to, uh, to take all of those things out. Mm. Uh, so I, th- I think sometimes he would just let it stand. I, uh, I think it's great that he had a, a culture um, back then and even resonating today where uh, you would feel comfortable at least hitting submit and seeing what makes it through. Uh, do you- <laughs> yeah, that was, that was always the key. It's like, I'm going to send this. And uh, some of it might get cut and whatever, you know, it was just it's like not like a sensor to see what makes it through. But it's just like uh, like a filter. Right. You know. Right. And and I think it's actually um, I mean, I don't I wouldn't do that now just for a few reasons. But one of them being like, I don't want to put that stress on another editor. Uh, And then also, like, I don't want to um, I almost don't want to waste the mental energy of trying to craft something that I know might not make it through. Mm. Uh, wouldn't you have a significant say in what makes it through uh, at labs? Well, yeah. So there's writing I do at labs and writing I do for uh, action network. And it's all, you know, kind of, it's all under the same umbrella. And I mean, I, I do have some say, but you know, like there, there are other editors, uh, you know, I like, I'm not the final say, on my pieces like someone else reads them before i you know i publish them and that's how it should be um so yeah i'm i'm not the final say like it, it, and at this point i'm not even close to writing anything uh significantly um i'm not gonna be able to come up with the the exact word i want here but uh i mean i'm not saying anything controversial enough that anyone would be like oh no we have to take this out although the the closest thing i did get a, a week ago uh i wanted to describe someone's production profile as chode light <laughs> um, so i just i went ahead and sent a quick slash message to one of the ed- other editors and being like uh i can't uh i can't i shouldn't do this right and he's like yeah that's hilarious but probably not i'm i'm, so, try, I'm trying to think about who 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 could have played last week uh in a way that was like uh, short and fat and like uh, girthy who had a girthy performance last week <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say the name and, it, it, and it's not based on just one week. It's sort of like the overall production profile of the season. I see. Yeah. Is okay. it Carlos Hyde? <laughs> I just want to say, Link twice. You, are not, you are not far off. Uh, it is, that is on the right track. We'll narrow, we'll narrow it down. Okay. Yeah. Think of, think of someone who has maybe even a beefier, <laughs> uh, type of volume production, uh-huh. but is highly inefficient. Ooh, I mean, you take away a couple of four net long runs, and no. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say that it's Leonard Fournette. I'm not going to say that. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll we'll move on um, from from the Cho talk. And Dev, we can do a segment on that um, if you think that works. Chode of, chode of the week. The, the Matt, the Matt <laughs> yeah, Friedman yeah. Chode Matt, of the week. Matt, Matt walks so the Salise so report could run. We're, we're, uh, yeah, we're going to do that. 
Um, uh, okay, so you guys have um, a solid uh, Twitter presence over at Fantasy Labs, over at Action Network, and uh, something I always like to read is um, the interesting prop bets you guys get into. Um, and they're, I don't know, they're, they're not the typical stuff. I'm not a prop better. Uh, what's, a, what's a prop bet that really tickled your fancy, Matt? So are we talking about uh, football or I'm assuming we're talking about something, we're talking something about, else? We're talking about anything, anything you can bet on. <laughs> I mean, the kind of classic time of this was uh, when we had the, the Fantasy Labs retreat in Florida a couple of years ago and I got paid $500 to talk in a British accent to my wife when I got home, <laughs> which is that's that was the peak of, um, I would say, like Fantasy Labs profligacy of uh, paying me $500 to, and I had to record it oh uh, without my wife knowing <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't break. Like she, the, we were trying to do it in such a way to where like she would think that it was kind of legit. Like she would obviously know that something is going on, but I couldn't let on that it was a joke. Like I had to try to play it as straight as I could. Uh, and so I recorded that for about 10 minutes uh, and it's basically just 10 minutes of my wife being like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like, why, why are you talking like that and i'm like talking like what the whole time i was in my head i was trying to do harry potter um oh, i, I but, like i'm just i'm horrible at voices like that's a thing uh so uh yeah that that's probably the the biggest uh prop that I, that I've had. Um I will let you pay me $500 and we can both do British accents for the duration of this show. How does that sound? That sounds horrible and I would not do that. Uh what, what if I ask you like this? What will you say then? Will you say it was a good idea? That's really good. Um, <laughs> that, that's scarily good. Really? Uh, but no, Devin, I, I Devin hates it. Devin says I it's mean, crap. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, compared to what I can do, I, it's gold. So, yeah. <laughs> that may be true. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Well, thank, I, I'm feeling really good. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not that you're, that you're tall. It's just that I'm very short. That's, <laughs> that's how it goes. You know, um, Matt, Dev, uh, sometimes after a big win, uh, I feel like I'm the man. But other times, I feel like I'm the man in the box. Um, Matt, <laughs> Matt uh, it, that, was, that was really good. I, I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about some grunge music, man. And Dev's like, oh, make sure you ask Matt about 90s grunge music. I'm like, Dev, as if there's like 70s grunge music that I should be asking you about. Instead, there's a a three-year span. Uh, 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 First off, uh, uh, Matt, for our listeners and audience who definitely don't know, what's grunge? I mean, that's like the existential question. (laughs) But I I guess if if we want to be like, you know, kind of open about it, grunge would be like the style of music we'll say that started roughly in, uh, in 1990, uh, and continued into maybe early 1995. Uh, you know, most identified with, uh, the Seattle sound, but there are other bands, obviously not from Seattle that could be included in that, uh, where there's kind of like this, um, 
this postmodern mentality of the um, like I don't want to say like the weariness of life, but like the heaviness mm-hmm. of life um, and the angstiness of your inability to uh, control your life or to take the control of your life the way that you would maybe want to. And and then all of that is sort of like steeped into um, like this particular sound uh, that is uh, kind of like derivative of heavy metal, um, like a mix of like heavy metal and punk kind of, mm. uh, and then uh, imbued with this like stylistic um, ethos of like the Northwest uh, so that there's lots of like flannel and, uh, you know, hair that hasn't been washed in days uh, and, you know, and jeans with holes in them and uh, like, you know, Doc Martens. Um, that's that's grunge. That was a, a really uh, rambling explanation. So basically uh, every uh, 2019 podcaster is, is very grunge. It's. It, it, from, uh, from what I'm hearing, yeah. at least stylistically, Sty- stylistically, uh, yeah, probably a little, a little grungy. Yeah, is Pearl Jam grunge? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Pearl Jam is definitely grunge, but on the um, on the sleeker side of grunge. Yeah, yeah, I had uh, for for people who who grew up, you know, as '90s kids, this would be very offensive. But for people like a generation or two later. Uh, a lot of them really view those bands as sort of flattened together. And I, somebody said to me that they considered Pearl Jam and Dave Matthews Band to basically be the same band. And that kind of blew my mind with regards to like how I conceived of grunge. Because like you're saying, Pearl Jam at that time seemed, because they were so big, like almost the center of it for a, for a long time. But really they... If from a different perspective, they're just like another jam band from the nineties. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think that's fair. And they definitely, um, as opposed to, uh, a group like, uh, Nirvana, which like was grounded in very tight song structure. Um, like they definitely could like let it flow a little bit more with like the, the guitar solos and, and the way that they, they came together as a band. Like, yeah, they are very much of a, like much more of a jam band than anyone else, uh, that's associated with, uh, with grunge, I think just, and I think part of that is because, uh, in Mike McCready, they have, I would say the best lead guitarist of any grunge band. So like they have to sort of expand a little bit to let him do things that are more kind of like rock starry type of things that other grunge bands just didn't have to let their guitarists do. Because I would say like in a it, this might sound like very pessimistic, but like because their guitarists couldn't do those things. Um. Okay, uh, uh, Matt. This has been a, a highly, highly serious. Uh, a professional regimented interview but I'm going to ask you to get a little silly man uh, every guest who comes on every single one uh, w- without exception uh, they have to tell a joke and uh, my request is that it's uh, a pocket joke if I say pocket joke do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no okay well like um, in the pre-internet days uh, you might go to a family function and you've got some uh, uh, goofy uncle or, or aunt 
uh, who has some some jokes with a setup and a punchline, and then you kind of keep it in your pocket and you tell your friends on the playground, and and maybe you've got like a a, a really racy joke, uh, or maybe you've just got a really good joke. But the point is, you carry a joke in your pocket for an occasion that you might need a joke. Um, so if at all possible. Uh, I'd like you to tell us a joke with a with a setup and a punchline. Is that something you can um, pull off? Yeah, I mean, I I wish that you would have uh, given me some notice on this. Right. I have to say it's extremely uh, unprofessional of you not to have right. included this in the outline. Uh, yeah. Um, that's, that, that, well, maybe if you listened to the show that you literally greenlit, uh, you would have some idea <laughs> that this was coming. But um, I digress. <laughs> Let's put you on the spot. Matt okay, so I so I just tell a joke. You that's just, that's what you, I do. You just right? tell the joke, baby. That's it. And if the okay. audience likes it, you get the round of applause. If they hate it, you get the hail of booze. Okay? And, and, okay, and I don't control the audience. You know, you do. Okay, so uh, there were these these kids, these college students who were studying abroad in Ireland. So you know, they they get there uh, and they you know they're at this nice like you know seaside town or whatever. Then they go into the bar. And they, you know, order a round of Guinness because they, you know, want to be legit. Uh, and, uh, you know, they look at the end of the bar and there's this old timer there who's, uh, you know, probably been there most of the day. Seems pretty intoxicated and just just talking to himself, not talking to anyone, but talk, just talking to himself. Uh, and, you know, they look at him. And they're like, what's going on with this guy? And so he looks over and he sees them staring at him and he says, hey, what are you looking at? <laughs> and they're like, oh, damn, like we're, we're really in for it. He's like. I bet you know about me, don't you? And they're like, we, we don't know who you are. He's like, all right, well, let me tell you. <laughs> and so he, he pulls them over to one side of the bar and they can look out this window and, you know, they're looking out at the sea in the wharf right there. And there's this, this ship. And he says, you see that boat? I built that boat. But do they call me McGregor, the boat builder? No. <laughs> and so he, he takes them over to this other side of the bar and there's a, a window, you know, it looks out on, on the road and there, there's this fence you know, a really good looking fence. And he says, you see that fence? I built that fence. It was dilapidated, but I mended it. Do they call me McGregor, the fence mender? No. <laughs> and he takes him over to this other side of the bar and there's another window and, you know, they're looking out at this building and you see that building? I laid it brick by brick. But did they call me McGregor, the stonemason? No. But if you fuck one sheep. <laughs> got Salvatore Stefanelli Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.